Uh, welcome to Talking Dressage with me, your host and hero. And for some of you, your father, um, for a lot of you, uh, it's me, Harry. Here I am. Warts it all. My God, do I have a lot of warts. That's why I got into radio. Why do fungal things happen to good people? I must say, if this show has made one person smile, if this show has made one person laugh, if this show has taught one person one thing, then it's obviously a pretty shit show. Now, guys, guys, this is actually really serious. Can I have your attention, please? Can I have your attention, please? This is actually really, really serious. What I'm about to say next is very, very serious. Victoria Beckham. Imagine if, if Victoria Beckham ever smiles. If, if something like... You, you can have Sam Simmons doing all his comedic charades in front of her and she's just sitting there as if she's at her own mother's funeral. And one day she'll actually go to her mother's funeral and then she'll finally just start laughing. And people are like, oh my God, we haven't seen her smile in 20 years. Victoria Beckham hasn't smiled in 20 years. And David Beckham, who married her, he's never even seen her smile before. And all of a sudden, she's got teeth like some 70-year-old 70, 70 Guinness-guzzling Leeds United fan. They're going every which way. They're every shade between brown and a blackish purple. And, and David's like fainting. And I mean, David was never straight anyway, so he doesn't really care. I think David Beckham and Victoria Beckham are proof that you you can have a gay best friend and marry him as well and it's it's very empowering for a lot of women who they have say a gay best friend and they talk to him about everything and and they go god damn it i wish we could just get married instead of having to date all these other jerks and that victoria beckham and david beckham are a great example of how well firstly that you can marry your gay best friend and it can last a long time and also evidence that you you can marry a mannequin. So when you go to um, a clothing store and you, you sort of see nice curvy features on a on a dress, but it's not a model, it's not a shopper or a, a shop attendant. It's like, it's one of the mannequins. They've just made the perfect physique for the mannequin. And you're like, yeah, I can see past the fact that it has no facial expression or hair or heartbeat. Love isn't about physical features like heartbeats you know, facial expressions and hair and flesh. You know, love is blind. Love is deaf. Age is but a number. Wealth is but a number. You know, an an important number nonetheless, but age is just a number. Um, And wealth is a number too. But but Victoria Beckham and David Beckham, they got married and David marrying Victoria goes to show that you can just marry a mannequin, a lifeless mannequin and have a long... And uh, and long, and you can have a really long marriage. I do not want to make a joke about what is a very serious situation. But the backing track's too good to not. So he got made yeah. redundant. 
Yeah. He lost his job, okay? Oh, damn sure. And so the company that he was working for, quite a big company, not going to call them out. No, I don't want to do that. No. Okay. It's not their fault. He was <laughs> probably right. a bad employee. Okay. <laughs> Trust me. I know this guy. He's awful. All right. <laughs> anyway, so <laughs> so th- they, they sent him a uh, brochure mm-hmm. about how to get another job. Oh, no. And I cannot what? believe this. I can't believe. just rubbing in the face. And, and it came with financial advice as well. So the brochure oh, contains no. mental health helplines. Uh-huh. Um, statistics about how to get another job and also financial advice about what to do when you don't have a job. Did he get a nice redundancy package? Uh, That's off the record. (laughs) So he got this and it says, 95% of recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. The second fun fact is, 70% of companies have disqualified candidates based on their online profile. Ooh, Ooh. those raunchy little Facebook pics of you drinking a beer in 2011 (laughs) have come back to bite you. I know. It turns out this company doesn't like people who drank beer 23 years ago. (laughs) and 70% of people find their roles through networking versus 8, eight only 8% through job boards. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Even more interesting when you don't have a job. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> but my question is, mm-hmm. why do people do this more often with like breakups? Like, oh, you- here, I've prepared this package. <laughs> um, I'm brochure. leaving you, but here's a little brochure. And this you can, is how you spray, can get with, over. spray it with your perfume. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, here's a b- sample of my perfume. Here's returning of your clothes. Here's a playlist mm. of fun songs. S- and did you know <laughs> 70% of relationships start by meeting through networking mm-hmm. and only 8% through dating apps. So this is something to keep in mind right. when you're trying to get over me. Do you know um, 80%, 80% of men you, um... cry during um, rebound sex? So just keep that in mind next time you want to like <laughs> yeah. rebound. It might be a bad idea. Yeah, so wouldn't you like thwart statistics in your favour? Obviously. So you're saying if you got broken up with, you also hand over a brochure and it says, by the way, 70% of by people way, who break up with other people yeah. want to get back with their yeah. ex <laughs> really quickly, sometimes True. while they're breaking up with them. Yeah. <laughs> Just keep that in mind. But you'd have Please. to be both prepared. I guess I'm interested to see whether this worked. <laughs> it's the only polite thing to do. Uh-huh. So while you're in the McDonald's car park at 7pm handing over pets and pot plants and you know in a public place, you just go, by the way, here's the brochure. I'm obliged uh-huh. under the Relationship Breakup Act of 20, 2018 to give you this brochure. <laughs> if you do a headstand, all the blood rushes to your head mm-hmm. and you immediately become very positive. So you might be looking outside oh. of the grey sky. You might have just got a pamphlet from your employer saying... You're, you may redundant, but 70% of people find or a new job ex. through networking. Good luck out there. Mm-hmm. And take this box and... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Go on. You're not allowed Hit to take... The road. You can't, actually, it's unsafe to take the elevator while you're redundant, so you have to take the stairs. Yep. It's like, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Sorry, just take the no, stairs. It, yeah. And then everyone giggles as you, as you take the rule. stairs down from the, the 23rd floor. Is If you do a headstand, you, you get all these positive thoughts and the blood rush into your head. Mm-hmm. And so this knowledge is powerful. Let's say knowledge is power. But it's almost too powerful. Scientists do say that, I've heard. (laughs) And the thing is, there are a lot of hardworking drug dealers out there, a lot of young kids, Mm -hmm. hardworking. Man, they sell a lot of drugs to pregnant women. (laughs) And and this is bad news for them because all of a sudden, all the people who are buying MDMA, ecstasy, fantasy, all these drugs. Doing headstands. Yeah, to be like, oh, I love you. They're just like, they go into the disabled toilets at the nightclub they're helping each other do handstands in there and going bro no sure 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 no seriously shut up i gotta say something 
I love you, bro. I love you. Like, they're in there, like, loving each other. They're just doing headstands, and they're going back out in the comms, going, yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, like, the, the blood's sort of going back down their body again. It's wearing off. They're like, I need another one. I need another one. And, and like, <laughs> midway through the next one, they're going back to the toilet cubicle. There's a big line there. It's like, oh, wow, a lot of people got to do poos in here. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, every, and then you just, like, someone's looking at you from under the um <laughs> under the toilet door because they're doing a headstand. And, like, and the security guy's like, I know what you're doing in there. Knock, knock, knock. I know what you're doing there. Get out of here. Get out of there stands in there <laughs> and then all of a sudden you get thrown out because you're doing headstands in the bathroom like, no headstands in here if, if you're doing headstands in this club only one of us bouncers has to hold you up yeah. <laughs> who'd you pay in here I'd love to, to see help it. you do the headstand yeah. I would love to see it to be honest yeah, just thinking positive yeah. thought I uh-huh. love you bro I love you <laughs> I love you oh, you don't love me you just did a headstand uh-huh. you know what Derek Every night you come here to the club and you're like, you're like, say you love me just because, you know what? You're, in, you're doing headstands. It's just headstand biscuit love. You know what? I'm sick of it. You know, you go home, you treat me like rubbish. You treat me like trash, Derek. <laughs> and you go here and you do these headstands and you say you love me. Like, nah, look, Stacy. Look, I love you. <laughs> Derek, you're literally upside down. Derek, you're upside down. You're talking to me from under the toilet cubicle door. I know what you're doing. Really went places, didn't it? <laughs> it did. No, a lot of hardworking young drug dealers putting out hard. a business. Yes, because of what scientists are saying. And there, there are people who work in offices and they brag about their standing desks. Well, I'm going to tell uh, you, yeah. this is if you really want to sell the drug dealing business to someone, and you say, look, you get standing desks without the desks. You just stand Whoa. on a street corner <laughs> selling <laughs> drugs to pregnant women. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they're out of pretty, business because people deal. are cutting on to the fact that scientists allegedly say that apparently doing a headstand gives you positive thoughts. Now, have you tried it? Of course I've tried it. Yeah. Every morning I wake up to feel go, good. what's it all for? <laughs> Do a headstand. Oh, my God. Yeah. Just hand my wallet to a freaking homeless guy every morning. <laughs> I've lost so much money because of positive thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you guys, the, the force of the headstand is like a banana made love to an MDMA t- a pill, man. I gotta tell you. True. Do, would you do it at the club in the disabled toilet? Oh, it depends if someone wanted to come with me. <laughs> uh, no, look, uh, you just gotta make sure that you, you pay the bouncer and mm. do it to them because if they find out that someone else is helping you do the headstands in there who's not associated with the club, they're going, wait, what's in it for us? Yeah. You go through the bouncers only. Well, yeah, you got some random street kid running around our club getting paid by you lot to help you do handstands. That doesn't fly around here. All of a sudden, you're upstairs at the casino in the room with the big boss. Yeah, I know what you've been doing around here. Counting cards? Yeah. No, no, we don't care about that. You've been helping people do headstands. You've been taking money to hold people up by the legs in toilet cubicles. It sounds like a really spicy A Current Affair show. Yes. Mm. Mm. Dodgy scientists. Tracy would be all over it. <laughs> yeah. Just chasing scientists down the yeah. street. I'm sorry yeah. because, because the plumbers, the handymen, the builders, uh-huh. they get hounded. You make one wrong move. You build one, you, you accept $900,000 to build one house and it goes wrong. And all of a sudden, you're getting chased down the street. What about the scientists? I know, but I it is entertaining. I don't care when, when politicians do things wrong. Like when Malcolm Turnbull stuffed up the NBN 
and spent all this money on outdated copper wires that made us made our internet slower than remote countryside of Romania. Why weren't they chasing him? They down should have the chased street. him down the streets of freaking Mossman. Yeah, they should have chased him down the streets of Point Piper, wherever he lives in uh-huh. eastern suburbs of Sydney. And he's like, I can't run that fast. And then it's like, the thing is, I think when the current affair actually catch up with you. What do they do? Do they tase you? I know. Well, that's what I want to know. <laughs> They've never but, ever caught up. Yeah. Because this is what they do. They will watch you. It'll be a, like a civilized conversation. They'll be like, okay, cool. Thanks for your time. You get in the car, the interviewee, of yes. course, and you drive away and they're like, okay, yep, get this on camera. Is that all you had to say? As they're chasing you while your car's anyway, walking that, That's away. all we got time for. I mean, yeah, cheers, away. guys. Actually, yeah. that was pretty cordial. I actually really appreciate it. was pretty, you know, open discussion. It's anyway, not going to make the cut. I look, Sorry. I, I look forward to seeing the episode. <laughs> and then they go, yeah, great. And then you start to walk away and they go, hey, don't you have anything <laughs> yeah. to say to anyone? Yeah. <laughs> How yeah. do you sleep at night? Yeah, but you're like, what happens? <laughs> actually, that's actually scary. What happens? Imagine if one day, like yeah, the next episode you watch the current affair, they catch up. catch the fraud that... Um, took all the money from the old people and the disgruntled neighbours. Well, do you know what's going to happen? The reporter and the cameraman is going to start eating his flesh. They just catch up. <laughs> they grab my later. <laughs> oh, dodgy builder tastes good. Mm, dodgy builder. And they go, oh my God. Everyone, everyone, everyone at home is like visual. screaming. Going, what the fuck? Like, because every time, like the builder is just fart. Like builders are fit. Plumbers yeah. are fit. They do like physical exercise all day, every day. Reporters uh-huh. are a bit lazy. You know? Cameramen are carrying the camera. They well, can't not if you're fast. in a current fair. Apparently you're running all the time. Yeah, well, they should be fit. They should <laughs> be their joggers. Yeah. <laughs> They well, probably do. One day they're just going to find a dodgy builder and he's like, oh, I just sprained my ankle yesterday. And they're going to be like, don't you have anything to say? And he's like, oh, sorry, guys, I actually can't move. <laughs> dodgy builder. Like, <laughs> 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 ah, ah, my intestine. Can you please like a line record of a, some sort of audio book where that is in it? There's nothing but the sound effects. Of <laughs> imagine, imagine a 23-hour audiobook. You know, yeah. you know what J.K. Rowling could have done? It would be ASMR, but like aggressive eating noises. Because J.K. Rowling was so famous for the Harry Potter mm-hmm. series, right? And then she came out with a book. It was just so crap. It was called like No Vacancy or something. It was just oh, the really? crappest book. But it, it obviously it was a bestseller. It was like J.K. Rowling did it. Mm-hmm. She could have come out and gone, my follow-up to Harry Potter is a 23-hour audiobook of just this. <laughs> <laughs> and it would, have, it would have become a best-selling audiobook. Do you know what I mean? Like, True. There's a hospital down in, uh, in Sydney, St. Vincent's. And it's it's in Darlinghurst. It's right next door to an old pub called the the uh, Green Park Hotel. Very old pub. It's been there since the, the late eighteen hundreds. Uh, a famous watering hole. But then the hospital next door decides to buy up the hotel. It has plans to demolish the pub and turn it into a mental health facility. They got to knock down a pub. And they're going to turn it into a mental health facility. What are they going to serve? Shots of concrete? Come on! I mean, we see all these posters these days um, about, hey, you know, mental health is important. If you've got some problems, talk to a friend about it. They're there to listen. They want to listen. And I go, whoa, okay. Okay, buddy. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. Because... I can set aside a good 10 minutes per day, I think, to to hear anyone's problems. I will set aside 10 minutes. 
And so it's a little bit like psychologists. They're, 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 they're there listening to your problems. You pay them. They're watching the clock. They're watching the clock tick over. And then as soon as it hits the hour, they go, all right, and that's all we've got time for. Do you want to pay for another hour? It, the last thing you hear is a psychologist sitting there listening to your problems on the sofa. And they go, oh, my God, we've gone 30 minutes overtime. I'm a, I must have been enjoying myself too much. Time flies, doesn't it? Really? <laughs> Hello, hello, please sit down. A lot to get through tonight. Please sit down. Be quiet. Absolutely shut up right now before I crack you over the head with this spanner. It is Talking Dressage. Uh, Talking Dressage is a radio show by deaf people, about deaf people, and for deaf people. And on tonight's show, we'll be talking about... Wowee! Oh my god! It's so fragrant in here! It smells so good! Usually it smells like nothing but tobacco, sweat, and dead bodies! There must be a woman in the room! Oh my god! It's Lucinda McAfee! How are you? Hi! Great! Yourself? Welcome into Talking Dressage, and, and all you at home, welcome to Talking Dressage! This is uh, one of the most big-budget programs on community radio in the whole of southeast Queensland. Mm-hmm. And I must say, it gets a lot better after this. Please stick around. It actually gets a lot better. It's, it's actually... It's a lot better than this. Than this intro or this... It gets a lot better. So, okay. Just stick... Yeah. You know, some people <laughs> yeah, have very yeah, yeah, short yeah. patience. They just go... Not enough explosions. Not enough tits. And they go turning <laughs> up. It's like, sir, we it's- got plenty more of that coming. <laughs> sir, it's in radio. The rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's not colourful enough, sir. It's radio. Yeah. <laughs> turning well, it off. You know. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the three eggs. The thing about eggs is, mm-hmm. and you say had them for breakfast, right? Because you're obviously associating, associating eggs with breakfast food. You've been trained yeah. through the patriarchy, through the Western, you know, colonialism. I would that also put them eggs in are egg, breakfast food. Egg. Well, they're yeah. an all-day food. And this is what really upsets me about when you go to say brunch, mm. and they'll and they, they call this is the breakfast curry, and it's just like it's just a curry with an egg. I Do you don't know what understand every minute. It's almost like if you, if you put toast and an egg with anything, it's always all, all, yeah. so all of a sudden it's a breakfast thing. If you uh, dress it with an egg, exactly. It's so, breakfast. so so they had, they had breakfast curry, which was curry on toast with an egg, and they had breakfast mince, which was chili con carne with toast and an egg. Mm. And so now I'm saying, if you're just like wear your pants and you spill some egg on your pants so like oh breakfast? these are breakfast pants yeah <laughs> it's like it's almost like if you have like a riot in the street and then someone's carrying an egg it's like oh it's a breakfast riot yeah. do you know what i mean uh-huh and, yes. and and most of all if you have like a cyclone say in north queensland like a tropical cyclone and then it just runs through a poultry farm it's like oh it's a breakfast cyclone <laughs> I mean, it's Just because fun. an egg's there yeah, exactly. doesn't mean it's a breakfast food. Uh-huh. Eggs are an all-day food. Yeah. What happens if... This is the big philosophical question. What happens if you have a breakfast curry for dinner? Bold. Bold move. It would just be a curry. Take off the egg. Maybe it's a black hole that opens up in your kitchen table. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) You just Googled Google while eating a breakfast curry for dinner. (laughs) And then, then, like, the black hole swallows you up. Yeah. And it gets spat out. Mm-hmm. And and you have very you have these high expectations about a black hole. Like everyone's like black holes are like so mysterious. All of a sudden, a black hole opens up at your kitchen table. You yeah. get sucked in and you get spat out at a cafe in Chelmer. <laughs> <laughs> and you're surrounded by forty year old women having brunch and mimosas, going ah 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 ah
And I was just amazed. And I said, and you're just like, take me back. Get me out of this hell hole. Get me out of this hell hole. I could actually That's a black hole, mister. Yeah. Do you think that humans have become 1% less annoying since the invention of Shazam? Because no one's yeah. going to have to go anymore going, like, well, it's almost like, man, that wicked the guy, she could <laughs> die, still loved in my hole. Yeah. Just less Jack Blacks in the world, yeah. it seems like. <laughs> oh. i got to tell you, I am blessed to be joined in the company of one of Brisbane's hottest acts. They, they have just done a, a tour of the Queensland Museum and the gift shop, and they are in the studio tonight. Concrete Palms! Good evening. How are you going? We've got, we got Hugh on guitar. We've got Hello. Alex on guitar. That's right. <laughs> That's something we guys like. Like, what do you mean? Like, when... when so, at around... Um, so yeah, so I, anyway. <laughs> what have you been up to? Alex. What, have, what have I been up to? Oh, what have no. we been up to? Um, booking shows, recording. What have you been up to, Harry? You're the hardest working band in rock and roll. Would right. you say that? I, I, I would agree. The, the mm. hardest working band of all time, not yeah. just in rock and roll. Yeah. Why don't you stop working hard and start working smart? No. Nah. Start outsourcing. <laughs> Get other bands to write the songs, play the songs, tour, and interview for well, you while you can sit back and relax on your ranches. <laughs> We've actually decided out. <laughs> when you go on Fiverr, how, how many people just completely undervalue what they're asking for? But some people will be like, oh, can you make me an app for $5? Can you make me an iPhone app <laughs> for $5? How many apps have I got to make a day to hit minimum wage if um, they're only $5 each? <sighs> What's anyway. minimum wage? What, what's the current minimum wage? I don't know, but too high, goddammit! <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? That's not right. Talking about the band. Yeah, so we booked some shows, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got one coming up in yes. two weeks now. Oh, yeah. just under two weeks well, at Greaser. Well, really, so next Saturday. thinking about how much oh, yeah. I pay the kids at my boot factory. Too much. Um, do you think the people in Adelaide, like... Sorry, yeah, I mean, like, oh what, did, what did they do to... Des- like, what, what could they have possibly done that was so bad to, like, deserve that? Deserve what? Like living in Adelaide. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, that bad. What you been doing lately, Harry? What's been up, man? Well, Valentine's Day. Well, you thought that would be, you know, but me being single would be a bit of a lonely day. But I got to tell you, uh, all those photos of my ex-girlfriends kept me company. They <laughs> kept me great company. Those uh, those photos. So it was a great day. What in the sort end. of photos? All kinds of photos, mainly just watercolor pictures drawn by me, um, using uh, actual paint and just the the, the water from my teardrops. Oh, okay. um, but uh, so it's a very creative day, and it was a very um, not lonely day. I'm actually outsourcing um, my relationship at the moment, so oh. I'm just saying I've given it to On another guy. As well. Yeah, I've given it to another guy. I've given it to the the the, um, the founder of Snapchat, and he's he's dating Randy Kerr, and so that just outsource that to him. And he's doing a great job on behalf of me to um, keep her very happy. I was on a date the other day with a very wealthy girl. And she said, mm, I don't think I want to like, go out with you because you're a bit bad with your money. And I said, well, if what? I'm so bad with my money, why do I want to go out with you? <laughs> That's funny. Thanks. So listening to the, the Meghan and Prince Harry interview, I, I went in there going, is she guilty? Is she not guilty? Did she do it? And then I, I walked away from the interview going, half of Australia watched this interview. Half of America, half of the U- pretty much the entire UK watched this interview. Yet something doesn't quite add up. Because every second person on the street is going, oh, I can't believe people care about that. Did you actually watch that? I can't believe anyone cared about what 
Prince Harry and Meghan have to say. Like, who really cares? But then statistically, it's impossible that that many people could not care. So I think there are some people who put their fish and chips in the oven so that it'd be in, in ready, perfectly in time for the beginning of the Oprah Winfrey interview with Prince Harry and Meghan, or the former Prince Harry. And then they sit there, they watch it, they're taking notes, they're eating popcorn and fish and chips, and then they're going to work the next day. Go, I can't believe anyone cares about that stuff, right? Right? Right, you guys? No one, no one, no one cares, really? Is, are you actually serious that no one cares? I mean, I can't believe anyone cares about that stuff. But no one here cares. Are you actually serious? It was a big interview. It was with Oprah. She's a star. It was one of the great interviews of all. It's up there with Frost and Nixon. No one here... Are you freaking serious? No one here watched it, but I can't believe anyone cares about it. <laughs> Yoko Ono. You know, Yoko Ono breaks up the Beatles. Hold my beer. I'm going to break up the monarchy of the, the United Kingdom. Here's the thing. Meghan Markle had apparently only met Oprah Winfrey twice... Yet Oprah was invited to the royal wedding. Come on. For those of you who say that, you know, she's not an attention seeker, a bit of a diva, then come on. I mean, I, I get that. Like some people, that they, they book a big venue and they go, hang on, I don't have that many friends. You're like a band giving out free tickets to a show at the front of the venue going, oh, this band's awesome. And it's just like... You're the guitarist and you're just wearing a fake moustache. It's going, oh, you guys are going to love this band. Here's a free ticket. You start telling your wedding guests, hey, f- feel free to bring your partner and feel free to bring your mistress as well. And you know what? If you're in an open relationship, bring everyone you've ever slept with, please. I've just booked a way too big venue and I don't want it to look empty in the pictures. I, I heard it described that Oprah was essentially our our surrogate. She was like the audience member. For, for example, when when things were said about you know there were some comments made about the the, the potential skin color of the baby, Oprah says what? Because everyone at home right was like what? Except for the racists who are at home going yeah of course I'm concerned as well. I'm still concerned. Please alleviate my concerns. Um, and um, the Queen, who was at home going, yeah, I said that. I, I made those remarks. I'm extremely concerned. Um, the, if you were to be, become a baker, right, and you devoted your life to the baking of wedding cakes, and it is an art form. Wedding cakes are an art form because um, a lot like art, it like sculptures, like pottery, um, it looks amazing, and if you pick it up and eat it, it tastes like shit. So... Like when you see a, a bit of pottery and, you, and it says, wow, what a wonderful sculpture. And you break it off and you go, it tastes like clay. And the artist goes, it is clay. And you have to pay for it. Um, and that's a bit like a wedding cake. It, like how a wedding cake tastes is probably the last consideration. Um, and in fact, I think the, the art of making wedding cakes is such that you don't want it to taste good because then, ev- then everyone eats it and then it, you can no longer look at it. And what you want, people to look at the wedding cake. You want people to see it and go, wow, what a wonderful looking wedding cake. And if it tastes good, people are going to eat the whole thing. It's going to disappear and no one will ever see it and go, what a wonderful wedding cake. Who made that? And then you're missing out on business. So what you need to do is, and if, if there are any bakers, uh, aspiring bakers um, listening, well, I would highly recommend you stop listening because at this rate, you're going to have about two and a half hours sleep. You've got to get up at three and start baking again. What the hell are you doing? You're crazy. Stop. Put down that crack pipe and go to sleep, you darn bakers. Um, you got to wake up in two and a half hours. At the end of the day, people who have weddings, they're not concerned about how the cake tastes. 
how this how the flowers smell whether they're actually in love with the person they're getting married to it's all about the photos and so if the wedding cake looks great then that's enough it doesn't matter if it tastes good <laughs> now are you feeling different yes i'm feeling a lot more like physically aggressive yeah. like for example um tonight i went to the the bar mm-hmm. and the bouncer was like let's see some id and I showed him my ID, mm-hmm. and he said, all right, you're right, come on in. And I said, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. I've only had, like, one beer. And he said, yeah, I know you've had one beer. You can come in, mate. And I said, what? <laughs> I've done that for all. I'm wearing good shoes. He said, yeah, I know you were wearing good shoes. You had one beer. Like, we really want you to come inside, mate. We, this, the bars are very full. We need you to come in. What the you talking about? Yeah. And then you uh, started the fight, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well. I had to update my LinkedIn profile to say, hobbies, fighting bouncers. Someone asked me the other day, look, when this whole coronavirus thing blows over, where is the first place you're travelling to? And I cut them off midway through the sentence and I said, baseball. And, and they said, what are you talking about baseball? For? I said, sorry, I cut you off mid-sentence. I didn't actually hear the question you asked. So when, they, when, I, when I actually listened, I answered appropriately. And I said, one word, Brazil. And they said, ooh, but isn't that, like, dangerous? Don't you get, like, robbed there? And I said, let's put it this way. Exotic is a, a word that we can describe Brazil with. Exotic, fun. Everyone's just dancing there. Yes, maybe you might go there and get robbed. But what about this? What if you, you live in fear of going to these cool places because you go, oh, I might go there and get robbed? So what you do is you go to Auckland instead. You go to New Zealand. Imagine how angry would you be? you would be if... You didn't go to Brazil, you know, cheap food, dancing, fun, music, but you might get robbed. So instead, you, you, you ditch all that, you pay more money, and you go to Auckland. How angry would you be if you got robbed in Auckland? Let that sink in. Uh, a guy came up to me the other day, and he says, Oh, Harry, my girl left me. She broke up with me. And I said, That is great news. You won. And he was like, what do you mean I won? I lost a girl. What could I possibly have won? And, I, and I, I said, you've won two things. I said, for a moment there, of all the people in the world, you were the person, for at least one single moment, you were the person who'd been broken up with most recently. Let that sink in. Marinate on that for a little while. You were the person who was made single most recently. Of all the billions of people in the world, and also, you won the uh, I Love You More game because there was probably a point where you were hanging out with your girl on the couch and you were like, I love you more. And then she was like, I love you more. And then you were like, I love you more. And then she was like, listen, buddy, I love you more. And sort of came to blows. And, and you probably thought nothing more of it. And you said, all right, all right, I love you more. We'll, we'll call it even there. And you went off and you ate dinner and years passed. And then she goes, Steve... I'm leaving you. And you're like, why? Why, Sally? Why? And Sally's like, because you're butt naked in bed with another woman. And she's butt naked. Come on, Steve. And Steve eventually comes around to the fact that maybe he's stuffed up. But then a light bulb moment. He realizes that he has finally won through sheer perseverance and a bit of luck. He won the I Love You More game because she broke up with him first. And this goes out to all the Steves out there. If you like water 
and I'm guessing if you've survived this long, you must like it to a certain extent. I'm here to tell you, you don't know how good it gets. You drink your tap water and you might be happy with that. You don't know what you're missing out on. And this is where the Fine Water Society comes in. This is an international society that I recently heard about called Fine Waters. I invite you to to Google it at your leisure. And every year there are the Fine Water Awards and they're basically like these, these waters out there. One of them is, so there are a few Australian varieties and so if we go to Australia, there's Tasmanian rainwater. And so the Bureau of Meteorology in Australia, there's a point um, down near Tasmania which where they consider the air to be the cleanest in the southern hemisphere. So this one particular company set up there and they bottle rainwater in the, fre- in the freshest, cleanest air in the southern hemisphere and they bottle that rainwater. And one might th- think that that water could cure any ailment. The counter-argument is that it is just water. They, they, they have awards for this stuff, and uh, I would pay any money to see the, the tasting panel for the, the water awards, you know, the, the, the different bottles getting around. and Like, what are the key words here? Because obviously with red wines, they're quite strong flavours. Like, oh, notes of raspberry. Oh, that tastes like crushed grapes, doesn't it? And... Like, you, you can... You, there's notes of vanilla or pepper. Like, there's a lot going on there. I mean, even with, like, strong-tasting water, I mean, what can possibly be going on there? What are you looking for? What are the... Like, oh, that's just... I suppose the closer it tastes to, like, nothing, then you probably got your purest water because it should... The purest water should taste, like, absolutely nothing, right? So, you, you can buy glacier water, iceberg water, and you don't want to know how much this stuff sells for. You don't want to make a market out of collecting Tasmanian rainwater. Otherwise, there'll be companies trying to like increase global warming so that there's more like precipitation. And yeah, you, you don't want to go down that that alley. But there's uh, apparently Australia's most awarded water. All right, our most awarded. Water. You'd be surprised to know it's not Mount Franklin or Queensland tap water. It is in fact a, a brand called Three Bays Aquilive. It's in the Mornington Peninsula at the base of the world's oldest continent, Australia. See, that's what you, if you're trying to market water, like elite water, you really have to, to stretch it. You really have to try hard. And when, you, when, you, when you're not just saying Australia, you're saying the world's oldest continent, Australia. I mean, all continents are pretty bloody old. I mean, even if Australia is the oldest continent, I mean, the other ones can't be far behind. I mean, did God create australia first and get to the rest later you have a big, bit of a snooze and i mean come on I mean, anyway um you can taste the difference though you can really taste how old this continent is in the water um and so the the water in three bays comes from the paleolithic basement it's 900 meters below the, the surface of the ground and um is measured at an astonishing 600 million years old so you're talking about a 600 million year old glass of water. So in every 2,000 years, a trickle of water pushes through the layers of mineral-rich red soil to reach the surface. So this is quite serious water. I mean, so you're going to be paying top dollar for this stuff. Yeah, but you, you, just, you don't want your son coming home from sport and he's like, oh, I just, just came back from soccer training, just cracking open. Uh, your 2,000-year-old your bottle of Three Bays a sh- premium Australian mineral water and just tipping a bit in his hair, 
like pouring a bit in his mouth and doing you know those AFL players and NRL players who they just like squeeze the water into their mouth in the field and they just wash it around and spit it out again it's a really bizarre thing I'm not sure what it achieves I think they just do it because everyone else does it I'm not saying you drink this every day you crack open a special occasion you know your firstborn daughter graduates engineering from UQ this calls for a special this is what the Mormons are doing this is what the Mormons and Muslims are doing at home when their kids graduate I've been saving this bottle of water for a long, long time. And they go down to the cellar and they come up with a bottle of, a glass bottle of Three Bays Aqualive that they bought in a pack of 12 for 66 bucks, you know, 20 years ago. God knows what they're worth now. They crack it open, you get a glass, and you get a glass. You get a glass of water, still or sparkling? You want this? Yeah, there you go, there's your Aqualive. And you do a toast and you drink in the water. Pure, it's from Australia, the oldest continent in the world. If you knew how old um, this continent was, you wouldn't believe a thing it said. You'd be like, nah, you got Alzheimer's. This continent collectively has Alzheimer's. It's too bloody old. Um, what a brag. I've, I've actually never heard that one before. That's when they're, yeah, they're trying to market fancy water to you. They're going to be clutching at straws. I've never heard that one before. This is the world's oldest continent, Australia. And you want to start selling your iPhone app to the world from Australia? You just go, look, I've got this new iPhone app. It, it, it tracks your partner. You always know where your, where, your, where your boyfriend is at all times. When he's, when he's sleeping, you just put the little camera up his anus and you get um, a live camera footage of his anus when, no matter where he's going and you can watch it from your work computer or on your smartwatch and you want to market this idea to the world? You just go, and by the way, this app was developed in Australia, the world's oldest continent. Saw a news article the other day that there was a particular shop down in Melbourne, of all places, that was selling $200 cups of coffee. Um, so they were, obviously had some process where they go to great lengths to make this coffee very good and they thought it was apt to charge $200 for it. You know, a shop charging $200 for coffee, they said... Wow, this is what the world's come to in 2021. Some people are out there starving, homeless in the streets, and other people are spending $200 on a cup of coffee. What's wrong with the world? And I go, yeah, what is wrong? I mean, it's pretty simple. These homeless, hungry people should just be selling coffee for $200. They'd be, they'd be back into the housing market in no time if they, if they keep that up. So um, pretty easy solution there. Uh but it, it reminds me of another story I heard about in, in Japan. There was a, a farmer who was growing particular strawberries, and they were renowned as the best strawberries in the world. They were plump, they were red, they were juicy, they were sweet. They were everything you want in a strawberry and more. That's right. You could, it, you could use it as a USB. And this one particular journalist, he went over there because this man was charging $500 a strawberry. And so he went to the farm and he handed over the $500, and he ate the strawberry, and he and he said, mm, "I mean, it's juicy, it's sweet, it's it's plump. It, it comes in this little um, this little box, and they put a bow tie around it, and and um, you have to unwrap it, and then you get the strawberry out." And he said, "Look, I'm going to be honest with you. It's it's the best strawberry I've ever eaten in my life, but I'm not sure that I would pay five hundred dollars for it." 
Look, it, it, there are worse things you could be spending your money on. People can know, oh, you spent $200 on a cup of coffee. Oh, you could have you could have fed one million African children with, with um, $200 or something like that. People make these make up these figures. They, they just make up these numbers. And, um, and, uh, and you can say, yes, I could have. But I also didn't. And I had a great cup of coffee. These people aren't buying firearms. Well, would you rather spend uh, $500 on a semi-automatic weapon or, or, or can he spend it on a, on, on a strawberry? What would you prefer, huh? Would you, would you rather he gave $500 to the Iranian missile project or would you rather him spend it on a strawberry giving money directly to a Japanese farmer? You tell me, all right, before you complain about that he could have saved 2 million Africans with his $500 rather than buying a strawberry. I've got to tell you, it's a good strawberry. I'm not sure if it's worth the value of, uh, of uh, 200 human lives, but... Um, it is a good strawberry nonetheless. These are ethical questions which are, br- are beyond the scope of this particular program, whether a strawberry is, um, even no matter how plump, juicy, red and sweeted it may be, it's it's quite hard to say whether it is, um, you know, the equivalent value of human life compared to that strawberry. I mean, I haven't tried it, so I can't say as well. You know, don't, don't knock it until you try it. Even the, the biggest human rights activist in the world, you mean George Clooney's wife might go down to that Japanese farm and try this strawberry and go, yep, all right, I'd kill 200 Africans to try one of those again. <laughs> you know, you never know. All right, don't knock it till you try the strawberry or the two hundred dollar cup of coffee down in uh, in uh, Melbourne. Next thing you know, you're one of those homeless people that people say, "Oh, there's a homeless person on the street, and other people are buying two hundred dollar cups of coffee." Yes, and if they keep buying two hundred dollar cups of coffee, they're going to be on the street. It's going to be this amazing role reversal where the people who are hung- hungry and homeless in the street realize that all you need to do is sell um, uh, two hundred dollar cups of coffee to yuppies. Right, and you make good money, and meanwhile, all the yuppies are spending two hundred dollars on cups of coffee, and the, the yuppies slowly become a bit more poor, a bit more hungry, a bit more homeless, and the poor, hungry, homeless people become a, a little bit less poor, a little bit more rich, a little bit more homeful, and they. And next thing you know, it's Freaky Friday. The Fine Waters Society also accredits um, fine water sommeliers. Now, I hear you say, well, isn't a sommelier already a wanky profession enough? And yes, there are people who go around, they taste wines and they uh, pair them with particular dishes. Um, They sort of drink them and they go, well, I mean, wouldn't be bad with this. And that's a profession. And... What if I told you you could do that with water as well? So these fine water sommeliers, they taste the water and they go, well, that's pure, that's got a lot of minerals. And and then they pair it with things as well. They go, this fine water, ooh, this fine water would uh, pair extremely well with um, some strenuous exercise and some salty food. Um, I'll tell you what, this fine water would pair extremely well with a hangover on a summer's morning. Um, Concrete palms... Hot off the back of their ghost tour of Tuong Cemetery. They are here tonight <laughs> and they are on fire. Not literally, but thank you. Yes. Appreciate it. No worries. Some of the equipment is quite faulty, so you don't want to talk too soon, that, mate. David Schwimmer. Keep up, Alex. I'm talking uh, about the, Matthew the, McConaughey. The, the all-round... No, Matthew McConaughey is loopy. Have you read his book? No. The man needs to be institutionalised. He needs... There Give was us the, an that, example. What does he say? His book is the biggest cry for help I've ever read in my entire life. And people are putting it on bookshelves saying, buy this. The man needs help. Not book sales. He needs to like you need to call him up and be like, mate, are you okay? His his so he has this book called Green Lights. But he, oh, for some yeah. reason he calls he makes green lights one word when to any other rational male, 
green lights is two words. And it's just the most narcissistic, <laughs> self-absorbed book you'll ever read oh, about. Oh, man. Like, You're really he, writing this guy off. No, because you see... You he know, was good in Days and Confused. Yeah, he was great in Days and Confused. Yes, I know, but maybe he, so yeah. he was great for one and a half hours of his entire existence. But what I'm... <laughs> That's more on. than most people, man. And, he, and maybe less than, than that people. if you don't include the credits at the end. What I'm saying is... And the deleted he, scenes. Don't he's one of yeah. those people who just thinks about the meaning of life too much that by the time he figures it out, he's been realised he didn't do anything with his life other than oh. think about what the meaning of life was. No, he does have some good points so I, I see what you're getting at but he does have some good points this is gonna make a weird turn anyway um he does this he writes in a journal every day which i thought was cool where he writes about like when he's having bad days but also good days because it's like people always write in their book when they're having bad times Come i think the fact us. that he even said he was writing in a journal every day was just the biggest cry for help everyone's like wait great book great book man <laughs> he's sitting there going like is anyone gonna ask how i am <laughs> Harry, what do you think about how Facebook has restricted some posts this week? My after a, God, I'm glad you asked. A bit of a Barney with the Australian government's occurred? Yeah, no, I'm all for it. Have you heard of GC Live? No. They post, like, gig reviews. Oh, Gold Coast Live, right, yes. Oh, yeah, it's good call live now, that I think. Okay. Yeah, so but th- their anyway. whole page is, like, blank now. Don't you but, see a great thing is happening here? It's the return of the email. The return of the email news. Like people are gonna be checking their emails like all the times. Like oh, the chain, the them. chain emails. Like yeah, like we're gonna be sharing news by emails now. Like it's gonna be 1999 again. Oh, 2009 again. It's <laughs> <laughs> you say 999 again. It's been one week since you looked at me. One week. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> what just happened? No, Facebook's news band just made me took me back to 1999 again. I was, Dude, like, oh. I was there for like 10 seconds. Bare naked ladies were playing at the that, Super Bowl. That was in the oh, American Pie movie. You seen the American Pie movie with that song in it? It's I, been one week since you looked at me. One week. I, I showed it to my I showed the movie to my dad the other month. What? He liked it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, um, uh, uh, do you guys mind if I do some quick impersonations? Yes. This is, uh, I recently my mate recently got an air fryer. So this is this this is the sound They're of good. This, this is what the sound David Schwimmer makes in an air fryer. Yeah, so we were doing this thing the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Who's David Schrinner? This this is the sound of uh, Husey in an air fryer. Who's Husey? So, they, what's oh we like God. baristas? They like... Oh, that dude. Yeah. I don't know who this is. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. So, I'm looking at a gig um, in, in April at some count. <laughs> <laughs> Should be March. pretty sweet. No. No. I tell you, oh, what, a tough yeah. crowd. Yeah, yeah. Come on, if you were an air no, fryer, you, um, remember, imagine being put in an air fryer. Hang on, I don't think I'd make that sound. I'd be like, "How the hell did I get in here?" <laughs> hey, I'm a really over, overly positive guy in an air fryer. Wow, it's like really nice and warm, kind of toasty, like a bit dry, but that's great. I mean, yeah, there's whoa. no oil too. <laughs> and I will not have James Rain's name besmirched or giggle that in here because no, James I, Rain's awesome. His cover of Way Out West is one of the... If they had to send uh, 10 songs to the moon uh, for people to listen back to and go, what is Australia? What does it mean? It's like, hey, put on this cassette, man. Like, say, like, the aliens, like, really, like, indie and alternative. They're like, hey, put on this cassette. And it's been nothing but James Rain, Way Out West, 10 times. Okay, right. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? You want the top 10 best Earth tracks. It's just Mm. the same track. Was he the guy from Australian Crawl? Yeah, Australian Crawl. It's like when someone says, hey, if you could go to a desert island and bring only three things, what would they be? I would say a potato, another potato, and then a third potato. Because they're just such a versatile vegetable. Now... Thanks for joining us tonight. Please take a seat. So, uh, we've got your resume here. It says that you've been DJing for over 20 years. 
um, and pulling thousands of women. But it says here that you're only 17 years old. Do you want to explain that for us? Uh, speaking of German cities, let's talk about Cologne. I went to uh, yeah, uh, one of those fragrance stores and I said, hello, sir, I'd like to buy a cologne. And the man said, hmm, what kind of cologne are you after? And I said, well, I'm looking for a smell that no one has ever smelt before. And this, the store clerk said, I know exactly what you want. I've got something here that no one has ever smelt before. And I go, well, give us a sniff. And he sprays a bit in the air. And I go tell you, he was right. It did smell like nothing I'd ever smelt before. It smelt like a likable person who uses Twitter. Then they proceed to Jewel. They get on their scooters. And it's like an old-fashioned um, sort of chicken chicken game where whoever's scooter swerves out of the way first um, loses. Um and whoever, whoever is the least chicken of the scooter riders, they get the girl. Well, they think they get the girl. And they go up to the girl and say, well, you know, I won the game of chicken. And the girl says, yeah, but I still don't like you. Um, you've got to always check first before you get into the duels. Before you get... this, That's what the movies never tell you. Before you get into the duel with the... Um, with, with the guy over the girl, make sure that the, the girl likes you first before you start risking your life to win her affection. Make sure that there is, you know, actually some affection. You, you never, you'll get really caught with, with your egg on your face if you're killing people trying to win the girl and then you realise you're never really in the running. It's, um, I must say, uh, a classic mistake that I've made a handful of times before. But as I say prison in paraguay it's character building uh new bands of 2020 and there, there were many because people were locked uh locked down and they thought that um that maybe a lot of music had been deleted and lost because of coronavirus that coronavirus had sort of got into computers as an actual computer virus and like people had lost all their music so a lot of people got together and said hey um there might be a music shortage. There might not be enough. So I think we should make some. Get out of the house. People don't take enough steps these days to make new friends. Everyone's like so in their shell. And like, every single person wants as many friends they can possibly have, right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Or are you an introverted extrovert? Um, <laughs> no, you know what I mean? I, 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 if people are using dirty tactics to make friends, it's still like a friendly thing to do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, What kind of tactic would you use? It's mm. sort of like a Venus flytrap sort of situation, right? Mm-hmm. I would sort of set up like a, maybe a, a fake a fake strip club so I'd have this like suburban house maybe in Ashgrove and then just sort of like put up a sign out the front saying naked ladies and free money inside and then you sort of have these blokes walking down the street going this in Ashgrove? I thought this was like a the bible belt and they sort of walk in and then I just and then like n- it's all dark inside like, yeah. like hello 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 I'm here for the women and free money money money, money. and then I just like come and then it's like <laughs> You're in a rocking chair. And I switch the lamp on next to me. And I go, and You're here for the women and the money? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. Like, uh. <laughs> and then you, If you want them, come get a drink with me first. And you go to the junk bar in Ashgrove. <laughs> and like, you dance and you oh, sing. No, and you, no. Whoa, no, 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 no. What's wrong there? What's wrong? I don't know. <laughs> you are sitting in a completely pitch black room on a rocking chair. I mean, that's intriguing. 
I suppose. Yeah, I thought women loved mysterious men. <laughs> he was very mysterious. He was in a completely furnitureless house, <laughs> sitting in a rocking chair, and he had no power or gas connectivity because he wasn't paying his bills. <laughs> what a man of mystery. It wasn't actually his house. <laughs> Interesting. My question we is, I can't that. stop thinking about this guy because I'm like, <laughs> why couldn't he afford his bills? He's so mysterious. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a ending of a Sex and the City show, so... I think I need a sob story. It's a little bit like if you're just on the cusp of getting onto MasterChef or the next round of Australian Idol and you, you can't quite get in, get in there on merit alone. You're not quite good enough singing to blow them away and get straight in the next plane of the Sydney Opera House. You sort of need to go, well, I, I had like a, a grandparent um, and unfortunately she one day spontaneously self-combusted and and all we found of her was a locket of hair. And they go, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, you're in. And then both sets of grandparents stand up and, and hug you and they go, wait a minute, they're all alive. Um, we only accept your first answer and I just want Australian Idol. On, on the basis of having a dead grandparent rather than my own singing merit. So that's 2021 for you. Um, certain comedy special, which did the rounds a, a couple of years ago, was very popular at the time, a lot of um, positive feedback on social media about this particular comedy special. And I saw a couple of excerpts, a couple of videos on, on Facebook, and I, I thought, that's, that's just awful. I don't think that's good at all. Um, in fact, I think that's a little bit rude. And I decided to watch Nanette. Um, and I, 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 I respect it as a, as a game-changing piece of comedy because um, it, in a way, wasn't comedy. Like, and and I, I respect the bravery of sort of telling people you're going to be doing a comedy show and then not doing comedy for at least half of it. Um, in some ways, it's bad value. By all means, tell your story. And I, I get that was the point. And, and, I, and I did find that an interesting point to make, that the fact that people get up on stage, like as Hannah Gadsby says, and they poke fun at themselves for an hour. They, they make self-deprecating jokes about themselves. And it does, it's not helpful in terms of telling your, your real story, your honest story. But if you want to tell your real story, your honest story, write a bloody book. Go and write a book. Like, write a blog. There's, there was not, there's, not, there's nothing stopping you from telling your story. There just is something stopping you from telling your story within the medium of comedy because people expect comedy. And people can stand up and they can, they can give a, a, a standing ovation at the end and say that was game-changing. But, I mean, when, when Bob Dylan came out with his electric guitar at the Newport Folk Festival in 1965 and started playing with electric guitar, that was game-changing. And people still play with the electric guitar now. The electric guitar has become mainstream. But if it becomes normal and mainstream to put on a comedy performance that is not comedy, then I think that's the, that it's the end of comedy. It's the death of comedy. That's not changing the game. That's just doing something different. It's a, it's a little bit like... If I said, um, "Hey, hey, guys, I'm going to be putting on a, um, a movie," and and you say, "Okay, great," what which cinema is it playing? And I say, "It's it's, it's the movie is going to be on at uh, New Farm Cinemas," and so all the people come down, all the critics, all the fans, they come down, and all the fans are talking dressage. They come down in uh, New Farm Cinemas, and they're sort of waiting, and you know the film hasn't started yet. It's just the same ad for a local real estate agent over and over on repeat, and then I run out. On, onto the stage 
and I throw urinal soaps at everyone. I just peg these urinal soaps. They're hitting old ladies in the head. They go, ah, you blinded my wife. Like, like just, just nothing but urinal soaps getting thrown at people. And then I run away. And then at the end, everyone stands up and they give me a standing ovation. They said, he changed the game. We came in expecting a movie and we copped urinal soaps to the head. That Now, that's different. That was unexpected. That changed the game. Does that mean that, like, all of a sudden everyone's going to start just instead of movies, we get Quentin Tarantino throwing urinal soaps at us or we got, you know, Spielberg throwing urinal soaps at us from now on. It's not changing the game. It's just, it's deception. Write a book telling your honest and real story. Celebrities do this all the time. In fact, it's quite common for comedians. We, we've seen this from uh, Dawn French and Magda Zabansky, people who have quite a raw and, and uh, you know, quite upsetting life stories. But they don't, do, they don't pretend they, like they're going to host a, a stand-up show and then come out and go, boom, here's a sad story. Um, the other part I didn't like was the fact that, you know, I'll caveat this by saying I'm a, a, a white, straight male. I'm sick of this rhetoric that we somehow don't have any problems. And she goes, oh, well, you know, if they've got problems, God help the rest of us, you know, to paraphrase her. As a white straight male, I got a mouth ulcer the other night. I was really confused. I was like, hang on, mouth ulcers aren't good. They're bad. Why do I have one? Why do I have this problem? And I, I found it really hard to reconcile the fact that I was a white straight male and had a mouth ulcer. In fact, it really helped because I sort of mentally convinced myself that I did not have a mouth ulcer. And I just kept eating kiri fruits and pineapples all night until my mouth ulcer became bigger than my mouth itself. Because I couldn't see... I, there's no way that I could have had a mouth ulcer. I'm a white straight male. I don't have any problems whatsoever. And um, she, she says, Harvey Weinstein, Donald Trump... These men are not the exception. They are the rule. Um, <laughs> okay, so men account for, I think, at, at least like 52% of the population of the world. And the thing is, a lot of, the, a lot of this uh, stand-up show was about you know, how, how wrong it is to make all these generalizations about lesbians, make generalizations about you know, L- LGBTIQ people in general. It, it's wrong to make generalizations about you know, transgender people, for example. Um, because these people are people and people are all different and and yet she's going to make generalizations and really quite bad ones about 52 percent of the world's population she's going to lump 52 percent of the world's population into a group and then cast aspersions upon it and say and say harvey harvey weinstein donald trump are not the exception they are the rule so men men are generally like Harvey Weinstein and Donald Trump. We, we incite um, uh, insurrections to overthrow democratic the, the, the rule of, of, of law and democracy itself. And also we go around uh, raping uh, young, bright-eyed, uh, up-and-coming actresses. That's what, we, that's what we generally do as men out there. Um, we get together on Fridays at the pub and we discuss these sort of things. And they are not the exception, they are the rule. And you can fuck off. And you can fuck off. I remember around the time that this Netflix special came out, this comedy special, in inverted commas, came out. And I, I, I saw other blokes on Facebook sharing it, going, this is amazing. Like, blue, blue, take your balls back on. Why are you you're giving yourself a live castration on Facebook Live right now? Um, and, and we need to push back against these people. Um, changing the, the community radio game. Next time you go to turn on your, your radio at 11pm on a Thursday on 4 Z, you'll just hear static. You're like, what the... And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to burst into the... I'm going to throw a brick through your window, jump inside, and start pegging urinal soaps at you. 
and he's, you're going to be like, oh my God, he's changed. He's changed the community radio game. He's changed the game. 